We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 3M Open DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you miss Monday's show with Jeff Feinberg, give your head a shake, pal. Go back and check that out after you smash the like button of the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network and give me your single favorite play in the $6,000 range in Minneapolis this week. If you have not checked out the brand new Fantasy Football Picks and Bet show on Mayo Media Network, again, what are you doing? Give your head a double shake, but not so hard you get concussed that you can't figure out that you need to go right now and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Some you know, Make up something that you like about the show. Leave your Twitter handle, put in your email address. And I got the bank. The kitty is sitting at $500 right now as cash giveaways. We start piling up some more reviews. That's going to expand to 1000 maybe 1500 bucks. I need those reviews. I need your help with this. Just hit the description. You will find that down there. You'll also find the Listener's League link for this week. It's about 1000 thousand spots remaining so please let's go fill that up as well but those those reviews are really the important part this week to help launch the show in the proper way uh another new show on mayo media network the more we can launch these off the ground the more content and more shows that we can provide for you what else do we got going olympics with cust and gabe coming out on thursday that's gonna be a lot of fun fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20 percent off you want to generate your lineup to use the simulator for golf this week that's the way to do it and if you don't really care about simulating the tournament for golf maybe you want to simulate games for nfl run the sims.com completely free till the end of july go sign up for a free account right now you can find again all this information down in the description that apple review is the big part help me out over here okay i'm giving away cash come on help you help me out andy lack is back on the show because he did so well two weeks ago that i just thought andy you have to be back thanks for doing this again <laughs> Pat, of course, man, anytime. I was very um, happy and pleased with all the feedback I got from coming on your show. Um, it really meant a lot to me. So I just, I told you off air, I'm here for you anytime you need me. Let's talk 3M. Yeah, you know, I am going to abuse that fact and just have you on every week now until you turn it. <laughs> Jay, listen, Rick was on every single week and now listen, Rick's, Rick's too busy to come on every single week anymore. So that, that needs to be like the 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 path that you need to go on. You come on a whole bunch of times, then you get too busy with all your other jobs that are just better than my content. You don't have to worry about me anymore. And we'll have you on for major season. That will be the the new game. The the Rick game plan is really the game plan. That's He just has so much success. It's awesome to see. So maybe we can get you down that path as well. Let's talk 3M Open though. Uh, TPC Twin Cities is the course. It used to be a Champions Tour location, but they extended it to 7,431 yards, a par 71. It's a pretty easy course, but there's a ton of water. So you can see some gigantic blow up rounds you have to avoid those minefields but the weird thing is digging through the stats on the course there's not like any unless your name is eric van royen 
not everyone else has a homing beacon to the middle of the water. So even if you're the most accurate driver, you're going to end up in the water, potentially. You're a big distance driver. Maybe you just hit it over the water, and that's not a problem. Is there any specific player in general besides great irons and a hot putter that we're looking for? No, not really. I mean, it's a very wide fairways pad. As you mentioned, water does come into play a lot, but the fairways are still 38 yards wide on average. Um, it's a TPC course, which I talk about all the time. Many TPC courses feature a lot of the same things, whether it be risk reward, par fives, long closing par fours or par threes over water. Um, these courses are commissioned by the PGA tour for tournament play. So it's why you tend to see the winning score be between 15 and 25 under at all TPC courses with maybe sawgrass being the exception. You want to look for players that are going to be aggressive. And as you mentioned to me, totally in a vacuum, it's got to be iron play. We saw the formula last year with Michael Thompson the year before people see Bryson and Matthew Wolf at the top of the leaderboard. They think off the tee prowess. Well, Matthew Wolf had like the best iron week of his career that year at the uh, 3M open in 2019. He just stuck everything. Same with Bryson. He was on fire on approach and Morikawa was right there behind them as well. So probably in a vacuum birdie opportunities, um, guys who score well in par fives and iron play. Yeah, that's exactly what I've pumped into the model. If you checked out the research show on Sunday, that's what you would, you would see through my walkthrough on fantasynational.com of how I built my modeling this week. If I've already put in my bets, we'll recap those at the end. I think I'm pretty solid with what I want to do this week. Not a huge exposure week, but you know, if I win, I want to win some decent bucks here. But let's talk about DraftKings and talk about the very high end. DJ is 11-3 in the pricing. Louie is 10-9. Finau is 10 10700 and Patrick Reed is $10,300. The one thing I didn't get into on the show with Jeff, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, looking at the Ryder Cup standings right now, there are only six automatic bids available. And Jordan Spieth is hot on the heels now after a second-place finish at the Open of Xander Shoffley. The next guy on that list is Patrick Reed. Now, he's like 2,000 points behind. So, you're probably going to see him play this week, play the WGC, play the Wyndham, try to pile up as many of these points as possible because you know that means so much to him that I didn't really even consider him the betting market. I'm not going to consider any of these short odds guys at a tournament like this because I just don't know. With so much water in play, it's high. It's just, there's so much variance that you know if a good Keegan Bradley week on the green sinks all of these guys just because that's the way that this tournament plays out because it's not that challenging. And I think the more challenging the course, the better player you're probably going to see win versus a birdie fest where who has the hottest putter and who's hitting their you know, their pitching wedge really well that week is probably going to end up being the victor. So I could see myself fading everyone above. $10,000 this week, unless you have a particular lean, like, oh, you got to play Louie because no one is playing in which I don't think that they are. No, I'm with you. I like Finau probably the most. Um, and I was, I have no idea what to play to do with DJ. It's probably a no for me. Um, Patrick Reed was the guy, like you mentioned, I don't typically tend to factor a lot of that stuff in like the external motivation, whether it be Ryder cup or FedEx cup playoffs is a thing that you're going to hear um, a lot about over the next coming weeks. Cause we're getting into crunch time with that. I think there is some merit to that, but I was prepared to play Reed if there was some leverage position on Reed um, because in theory, this isn't a great course for Reed. Reed has an incredible short game and short game doesn't seem to matter here whatsoever. His longer proximity distances aren't great. I mean, he's fine with his irons, but nothing special compared to some of the guys that are priced below him. So I was prepared to play Reed maybe as a leverage play, but it doesn't, it seems like people are still kind of going to him. I'm looking at the early ownership projections on fantasy national right now. And it seems like DJ is the most popular. And then Louie is the clear pivot play. And then it's pretty flat with Finau and Reed. People are still going to those guys at the top. I think it's just because it's so hard to spend your money this week because this field sucks yeah. so much. There's very clearly four really good players. Then there's a tier of like five other players. That is just like, I don't know. I Like once you get to shit. Patton Kazire at $8,600. Like, well, this is a guy who's $7,300 almost every other week. Like, these guys are all interchangeable. So just probably staying away from the most popular plays is the move. Although I'm not going to do that because a few of the guys that I really, really like are the guys that are going to end up being the most popular. Me but too. It's just really tricky to do up here. So, I mean, there's all this narrative like, oh, Louis is burned out, Louis this, Louis that. But if no one is going to play Louis, 
Like, what indication did we... The fact that he's actually showing up and hasn't withdrawn leads me to believe that he could be pretty good here. He certainly could be pretty good here. In the modeling that I ran, Louis was, like, number two. Uh, there's no reason why Louis can't play well here. Maybe there's some incentive here about the lack of wins on the PGA Tour. Um, I Obviously, he's been the bridesmaid in all of the majors, but it's hard to believe that Louis still has not won on the PGA Tour yet, and he continues to play a lot of these tournaments. I think we were all expecting maybe a WD from him or DJ. Um, the fact that he's still in the field means something to me. I, I'm with you. If Louis's the leverage play, I'll play a little bit of Louis. He's playing great right now. I think that's probably the move. But again, I think I'm going to stick with the probably not going to play anyone over $10,000. I bet DJ. I like the nines. Uh, I, I bet DJ at this event last year. Uh, that did not go well for me because he was still slipping <laughs> no. in the odds coming off the 80-80 at Memorial. Uh, then he ended up withdrawing. So I think that's the only reason that he's here is because he WD'd last year with a, basically a phony injury. Uh, maybe, he was, maybe he did tweak his back a little bit, but... Once you saw him the next week, and then for the rest of the year, he was by far the best player, probably of the last decade over a six-month stretch with the dominance that he had in that time period. So I I don't know what to make of Dustin, which is really weird to say for very clearly the best player in this field, but I don't have a particular lean. I'm leaning fade right now. I think I'm probably with you. Um, he is the best player in this field, as you mentioned, by a healthy margin, depending on how you feel about Louie and Reed. And I think that he's going to catch some fire down the home stretch. I think a lot of the FedEx Cup playoff courses uh, that we see down the stretch are really good fits for Dustin's game. I'm not saying he's going to run off anything close to what we saw last year, but I think he's going to start playing a little bit better down the stretch. If I had to guess, he was good at the open. It's tough because you know, there's not a lot of stats that we have to gleam off of to see really how he got that done. But when I watched him on TV, it looked like he was playing good golf and it looked like he was confident. I think it was his best finish actually since February. I believe he ended up seventh and that was like, you know, his best finish since Riviera or something like that. So I could see him building some momentum this week for sure. But you know, and I know we'll get into it, Pat, but I like the nines a lot. And so I just, in my early lineups that I've made, I just find myself building differently and playing a lot of guys in the nines. Well, let's talk about the nines because Tringali is the one who sticks out as the most popular of all these plays, which, I mean, it makes a lot of intuitive sense to me when you look at his stats, look at his performances, especially in weak fields, TPC courses, he really rates out well. But just seeing him next to some of these other names, doesn't really cut it for me. Like, it's Sergio and Wolf for me. And Sergio probably even above Wolf at this point. This really feels like a good Sergio course. I'm with you. Quick thought on Tringale. I'm with you. I don't tend to get triggered by how low the odds are. I'm a big Xander fan, so I'm used to defending players in Tringale's position. He is overpriced in DraftKings, and people are still going to play him. If you punch the numbers into the model, um, it's going to spit you out a lot of Tringale. Um, he's like the number two bent grass putter in this field. He's amazing on birdie fest. He's amazing on TPC courses. He makes a ton of birdies, good mid to long iron player. The problem I have with him is, you know, that 26 place finish that he had at the British, that was his first top 30 in a major ever. And he's been around for a while. So some of these stats He's beating up on weaker competition a lot of the time. Like Cam Trinkali's not playing in the Masters. He's not playing in the U.S. Open. He's not playing in the WGCs. Um, so you have to kind of take some of the stuff with a little bit of a grain of salt because there are a lot of guys like Lanto, for example. Lanto somehow qualifies for all of the big tournaments, and Lanto like makes the cut at the Masters and the PGA and all these courses. Is Cam Trinkali better at golf than Lanto Griffin? I'm not convinced about that, you know, so I'm with you on Tringale. I think he's overpriced. It's probably a no for me. Sergio, yeah, I'm in. I liked him at the British a lot. Um, I think he's going to play some good golf down the stretch, Ryder Cup year, whatever you want to say, but this is just a good course for him, so I'm with you on Sergio completely. Yeah, looking at the past 24 rounds, there's no player in the field who's better has the better combination of off the tee and approach than Sergio right now. And that just really sticks out to me as the two things that you really want. You mentioned short game doesn't really play that much of a factor at this tournament. So can he carry the ball long enough off the tee to give himself shorter irons into these par fives? 
yes, he can. And he tends to hit the fairway most of the time, too. Now, this is going to be all fun and games when we log in. We wake up on Thursday morning, you know, like forget about golf for a few hours, check in on Shot Tracker, like, oh, good, Sergio's plus five because he's put three into the water. I played Sergio enough times that this happens, but I've actually seen him play. Like he's been playing a little bit better golf recently, like good U S open, good Memorial. I think it was Memorial, whatever it was good open championship. But when you go back and look where he's had the most success, it was colonial. That's right. Uh, over the last little bit, like he won, like an absolute jobber event during the swing season. And then like kind of followed it up with a pretty nice week as well. Like he's good in these birdie fests. He is good in these birdie fests. Yeah, you're right. Sanderson farms was the last tournament that he won. He takes advantage of par fives really well. He's really high on par five scoring really high in opportunities gained, and birdies are better gained all the scoreable stats. I'm with you on Sergio. Like I said, I was pretty high on him last week at the open. He's hitting the ball. Well, I think there's a little bit added motivation and pep in his step coming down the stretch with all of the Ryder cup stuff. Wolf is the guy that I keep going back and forth on. And I want to get your take on Wolf because I've mentioned this before a little bit sometimes on my podcast, but my best friend plays out of the same home course in Oklahoma that Wolf plays out of. And he sent me the classic test text. Wolf is absolutely striping it right now. Now, this is the same guy who also told me that Austin Eckert was the second coming of Tiger Woods. <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. But from what I've heard, Wolf's reason for skipping uh, the British Open had nothing to do with his prior absences on the PGA Tour. He just didn't want to deal with the COVID bullshit, um, which is totally understandable. Now, the flip side of that, Pat, is if his game was really that good, it doesn't matter what. Wouldn't you want to jump through whatever hoops you have to because you genuinely believe that you can win that tournament? Like, who cares about all the stuff that you have to deal with if you really believe that you can win? So, that's why at the same time, he's 24 years old. I mean, it's like, that's why I'm on the fence with Wolf and I find myself not really knowing what to do with him whatsoever. I may like him as an outright bet more than a DraftKings play. He was a blind bet for me, just as a previous winner of this tournament in skill set wise, finding him, you know, 10 points behind Cam Tringali. I think that that's going to be a very interesting discussion this week for people that, listen, Sergio has his people like us who like to get behind Sergio are, are not really put off by the horrible performances that he puts up. And we can, you know, it's like the Siwoo Kim stuff. Siwoo Kim's not for everyone. Sergio's not for everyone because they're going to hurt your feelings very badly a lot of the time. But you just have to forget about that and move on because their upside is worth it. If you're looking for a stable cash gameplay, Cameron Tringali is the move here over Matthew Wolf. But yes. that's not the type of game that I am playing. Me neither. I want to try to win a GPP, and I feel like a half Matthew Wolf at half the ownership of Cam Tringali is a better play. That doesn't mean he's going to beat Cam Tringali. Cam Tringali's cut percentage is probably way higher than Matthew Wolf's. But if you're asking me who's going to win this by the end, it's Matthew Wolf over Cam Tringali. It's not close. Um, I'm with you 1,000%. I mean, he... The range of outcomes with Wolf is so wide, but I mean he can get so hot sometimes with the irons and you've seen that you've seen that high end ability that we just haven't seen ever with Tringali in a giant sample size. And you've seen it so many times with Wolf in a small sample size. So I'm with you for GPP purposes and in the outright markets as well. Like Wolf is the guy. What do you think about the, uh, the lower guys like Grio and Watson? Because I like those guys a lot. Um, I'm hearing that I've, I've gotten word that Bubba is Andercurse though. So I'm very concerned about how high I am on Bubba. Yeah, I'm off Bubba after the Andercurse came in on him. <laughs> See you later, Bubba. That's all right. The one I was actually looking at, like, I don't know what to do with Bobby Mack. It seems like a letdown spot for him, but you know, he withdrew from Wales to come play in this event, giving up what was really going to be a lot of European Ryder Cup points for himself to get him onto that team. But he's coming over here to try to qualify, get his card for the FedEx Cup, get in the running for that big money. And when it all roundabout comes to it, that if he wins the 3M Open or plays really well here, 
he's probably going to shape up to be a captain's pick for this team. Although he would have to beat out like Sergio and some of these other bigger names, veteran names like Poulter uh, to get onto this team. And like Victor Perez still holding onto that last Ryder Cup spot where he could have passed him just by going and beating, I don't know, Reese Ennick over in Wales. And he decided not to do that. So it seems like he has enough motivation. I think that he's the best player of these guys in the bottom nines. I mean, Bubba is the best player, but who knows with him? It's, it's been a week off. Uh, he was, he was cruising, cruising, cruising. He had, the letdown at Travelers, had a really nice Sunday at Rocket Mortgage. He did miss the cut here last year, so I have no idea where his you know, sensibilities lie here in terms of it being a Bubba track or not. This much water kind of terrifies me with Bubba from time to time because he can make a big number real quickly if those irons are off just a little bit or the driver isn't absolutely being a smoke show. So I like Robert McIntyre. The one that really intrigued me a lot because no one really wants to play him is Cam Davis. Certainly. So Davis looks like the clear pivot at this point. Skill set wise, this is a perfect Cam Davis course, and he did finish 12th here last year. But if you actually look at how he's been playing, the win at the Rocket Mortgage was more of an anomalous win than a guy who was really knocking on the door a ton. I know everyone likes him, myself included, because of the talent, but that win at the Rocket Mortgage was his only top 10 since January. He's lost strokes off the tee in four of his last five, and he lost strokes in all categories except putting um, in his last start at the John Deere. So I kind of agree with the low ownership in this in this uh, position. I don't know if I'm ready to go to Cam Davis in this spot. And I like Grio, man. And I know you have to deal with this a bunch with Raza, but I just look at how these guys have gotten it done on this course. I look at the blueprint that Matthew Wolf and Morikawa and Michael Thompson showed us. And that just feels like good news for Grio, man. He's the number two iron player in this field, top 10 long iron player, top 10 in opportunities gain, greens and regulation gain, all the iron stats that you want to throw out. I think sometimes you kind of have to stick to a narrative um, and go with it. It's why I like guys like Doug Gim this week as well. In all the stats for the limited sample size that we've had, the one thing that keeps banging you on the head is iron play. And that's why I keep coming back to Grio, man. I don't think that there's any difference between Emiliano Grio and Kyle Stanley. I really don't. And I don't know if either one of them can make enough putts to win. Fair. Very fair. Um, Grio's been putting better than Kyle Stanley. We can talk about Kyle Stanley a little bit later because the putting stuff with Kyle Stanley has just gone completely off the rails at this point. But I'm with you. You can kind of lump all of these guys into the same mix. Like, is Colin Morcaw was the best iron player in the world by such a wide margin? And then the guys who are like two through 50 are pretty closely bunched up, right? Like the difference between Emiliano Grillo iron play and Keegan's iron play and Doug Gim's iron play and Kyle Stanley's iron play and Luke List's iron play, it's not that great. So you can kind of pick whichever one of those guys that you want or be like me and play all of them and just pray that one putts well. Yeah, and that's always tougher to do uh, when you have them all in the same lineup. And just looking at it objectively, like if I'm going to, pay up for someone and like i really don't see that big of a difference between stanley and Grio. Grio's better by seven percent or so is that worth a two thousand dollar difference in price i don't really think so and uh, despite the fact that kyle stanley is not putting well whatsoever he's still making every cut so i know eventually it's got to turn around for him right uh, like he, he lost seven strokes putting uh, the last time that he was out with Grio, i have no idea how he putted at the Open Championship. I know he was putting well, and then it went back in reverse course again. He turned back into regular Emiliano Grillo, and he missed three straight cuts. So it does seem with him that if the putting isn't working, he's missing cuts, at least with Stanley. You're looking at a situation where he's never putting, but he's still making cuts anyway. Imagine if he just putts one week and even has one of these, like, plus 2.2 weeks. I'm not looking for him to win. I'm looking for him to come, like, P11 or something. Which I think is very much in play. Like, listen, he has lost strokes putting in 14. I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here because Stanley's 7,300 yards, $7,300. We're just talking about football off air, $7,300, not yards. Um, But, you know, he he keeps making these cuts, losing all of these strokes putting. As you mentioned, I had him in the top 40 market at the John Deere. He finished 41st and lost seven strokes putting. That was a sad scene for me. Um, But the ball striking has just been so good, man. He's gained over four and a half on approach in four of his last six starts. So I think it's okay. 
I'm going to go there. Sorry for get about getting ahead of ourselves with Stanley, who's at 73. No, but I think that's the point about Grio is that, listen, you're going to have to take people who are overpriced this week because there's just not that many good players in the field. But that just seems like a lot for someone who, I mean, listen, he just went over to Europe, had a fantastic finish at the Open. He was T12 coming off three straight missed cuts. Now he's back over here playing the 3M at a course, which you think would line up a little bit easier, but then you can start to reel it back a little bit. Like, I don't think that driving distance is the end-all be-all this week, but it does no. make it, it does make at least eagle opportunities a lot easier for some of the bigger bombers if they're driving the ball well versus someone like Grio, who's just going to have to be hitting longer irons into these par fives. And that's where you have to be, like, you have to make eagles this week. You do have to make Eagles this week. Grio did finish third here um, with that giant group of, I think there were like nine of them who finished third here that year, Finau and Trincale and all those guys. So yeah, he can get it done. I mean, it's like you said, this week, there's just so many guys that have a similar skill set and can work here. Um, and Grio at 93, I, can, I mean, we can talk about there's, 12 iron players that are so good as we get lower down. So I'm, I understand the, uh, the savings on Griel. I am a sucker. So I'm going to have a little bit of him. Yeah. I think I'm just going to keep it small with me. It's going to be Wolf. It's going to be Sergio. Those are going to be my main two guys from above $9,000. If the Louis ownership continues to be down, I'll sprinkle him in a little. I'll probably sprinkle in some Bobby Mack as well. And I'm probably not going to play. Maybe if I even play 150 laps, just go all in on those four guys and see how I do. <laughs> I like that a lot. And that's kind of the same build that I have been looking at myself when I've kind of done some early lineups is like, I like that range a lot. Obviously I have to reconsider a little bit with Bubba, although me and Tim, like I, Tim is a friend now. So I defended him on Twitter again. This is a oh different conversation God. that we don't need to get into Yeah, if We don't need to get into it, but he, ha I think he had a very sound and reasonable take about the majors. Um, that is again, we don't need to talk about it. anyway. I digress. Bubba, Wolf, Sergio, I like all of those guys in the nines. So I'm with you. Maybe you sold me a little bit on Bobby Mack too. So again, if, you, if you're if you high on all of those guys, there's no real need um, to go up. We didn't talk about Finau a ton and, uh, you know, Louie maybe as a leverage play, but I'm with you. That's kind of what I've been doing is going heavier with that 9K range. What was this Tim take that wasn't horrible? I'm curious to hear this. Okay, so him and Jeff were arguing about which was a better major this year, and Jeff was saying it was the U.S. Open, and and uh, Tim was saying it's the PGA, and like I don't even think it's close. I think the PGA is like one of the top five greatest major wins of all time. Like I think it, the historical context of that tournament is just in a completely different league than anything else. I think it will be, I'll remember that moment for the rest of my life. If we're talking about heat of the battle, like pure cocaine viewership element. Yeah. There was an hour or two there during the final round at Tory where there were a lot of great players in the mix. That was fun. But I mean, Phil's major win, like I don't, I'm going to remember that moment for the rest of my life. When Rom has three or four majors down the road, am I going to remember that Bryson had a share of the lead on the 11th hole or that Rory had a share of the lead on the 11th hole? I don't know. So I, I, I was with Tim that the PGA is, was clearly the best major of this year. I see. This is what happens with these two all the time. They start arguing two different things. So Jeff, I'm guessing, is arguing from it as a viewer perspective. What was more fun to watch? And I would agree with him that it was the U.S. Open because all of those guys were in contention for a two-hour period. You looked at that leaderboard and was like, oh my god, any one of these guys can come out and win. And the way that Rom did it with those two huge putts at the end was amazing. You're right, but also you're absolutely right that people are going to remember that Phil win because it was such an anomaly and then we're going to have those great pictures of him getting tackled walking down the 72nd hole it's just going to be a more memorable moment for one of the best players of all time that's probably going to be the send-off that he gets that's going to be the thing that we remember it's like oh my god Phil won a major when he was 51 years old but I think as a viewer like that was horrible to watch. Like it was just Brooks not playing well. It was Louie not playing well. Phil just kind of played okay. That that was the entire final round. <laughs> You're right. It is too. I like the way that you phrase that because it kind of is two different arguments. And I I was kind of looking at it as like the historical context and significance 
the emotion of it all. I think that all adds to um, kind of the element of why it felt so special to me. Um, you're right. There was that stretch during the U.S. Open where I think you can make an argument it was the most fun for an hour or so stretch of the entire year where Rory was in the mix for a little bit. Colin was in the mix for a little bit. Obviously, Bryson and Rom. So you're right. It really is two different arguments. Of course, that is the logical way to think about it. And me, Jeff, and Tim, we were not considering the fact that we're kind of all arguing different things, of course. No, and, and I mean, that's the whole point of the having them both on the show is that they argue against each other, not arguing the same thing. Thus, content. <laughs> Do you identify as crypto-curious? If you thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app, so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just get started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $5 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash mayo. Sign up at coinbase.com slash mayo for $5 in free Bitcoin. This offers for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash mayo. Let's talk about the $8,000 range. Am I crazy for liking Stuart Sink? Not crazy at all. I like Stuart Sink a lot. He's been really good on approach. I played him at the open and he killed me. I think he went 67-77. I think he's fine here. You could make an argument that he is underpriced even based on the statistical profile that we've seen out of him recently. I'm seeing him come in at like half the ownership of Patton Kazire and Mav McNeely. Sign me up. Yeah, I, I'm in. So I'm in on Stuart Sink. Obviously, Luke List is in this territory, and I'm going to be in on my guy, Luke List. I actually bet him to win this week. Fourth in the Barbasol and strokes gained approach. Make some putts, Luke List. Like, and he's another one, like Grio. Like, now I'm getting a, what, $1,300 break? A $1,200 break from Grio to List? I know they're not exactly the same player, but they are the same player when you bet on them or play them on DraftKings. Yes, my only point of contention with List is you're not getting an ownership break on the guy. Um, he is, you know, the putting, like, it hasn't been as dreadful either as, like, a Kyle, we keep throwing Kyle Stanley under the bus, but Luke List can gain over two strokes putting. Like, there's a, you know, he did, he, at the Barbasol last week, he hit the ball so great and he lost strokes putting and he still finished top five in that tournament and like i mentioned we've seen him gain over two strokes before he's done it a couple times this year with the way luke less is hitting the ball right now if he gains over two strokes putting he's gonna win what about woodland though like I, are we sure that are we sure that woodland is that lost because my numbers weren't that that bad when i dug into him like he's gained strokes on approach in six straight starts yeah um, but but I, that that's a real iffy gaining strokes on approach like he was good for a bit like wells fargo pga charles schwab he was gaining strokes on approach he's basically breaking even with the field at memorial at the u.s open but the really i like that's gonna happen those are strong fields breaking even with the pack at rocket mortgage is not cutting it gary fair but is Luke List three times more likely to outperform Gary Woodland this week? Yes. That, like Five. You maybe, think maybe, so? Maybe 20 times more. Okay. Interesting. Fair. I, t- <laughs> that, I take your point. For With Woodland, I was with you. I was out. I perused right past his name. And then I looked at kind of some of the early ownership stuff. And I was like, are we sure on this Woodland thing? Um, and it was better than I thought. Um, with Woodwind, but you're right. It's if we talk about recent form and ball striking, it's not close with Luke List right now. Um, I like Keegan a little bit too. Um, I bet Keegan to win at 50 to one. Um, since my other big bet is Anderkirst with Bubba, I think Keegan 
has a very good chance to win this week. I just, I went through all the numbers. I found such a strong correlation with iron play, as I mentioned, and it looks like Keegan is not glomming onto as much ownership as Mav McNeely and Patton Kazire. Um, so for me in this and Lest for that matter. So for the, in this range, I like Keegan. I like sink. Um, I can't pass up on Luke list for the ball striking and I'll have a little bit of Woodland just to take a chance. So in full honesty, list versus Woodland is probably a 50, 50 proposition at this point. So no, I don't think that Luke list is 20 in case people don't understand sarcasm. I mean, there are a couple of you out there. If you're watching this show (laughs) and you don't get that, I don't know what you're doing here, but this is the way that the show has been run for the past 10 years. And this is what I mean. Continue to do, but you hit on two key names there, Mav and Kazire. I'm not playing those guys. And there are yeah. and there are chalkier guys that I do want to play, like Luke List, and we'll get down to the sevens, and I'm sure I'm going to have the same guys as everyone else. But I do think that my distinctive start of not playing anyone in the 10, starting with Wolf and Sergio, or Wolf or Sergio, and working my way down means, and I'm not playing the chalky 8K guy or the chalky 9K guy, is that I can play Luke List, and I can play Johnny Vegas and these type of guys, and my team will still be different enough that I don't mind it as much because the guys that I have different are super high upside guys versus like a Cam Tringali, where if he was like the pivot play here and like, oh, I need Tringali to to outlast you know, Robert McIntyre or Tony Finau or whoever that like 1v1 becomes for you in terms of ownership, you know, I'm not feeling so great about that at that point. I like the guys that I have, even though they might be plus 25 after round one, they could be minus 25 at the same time when the tournament ends. And I just don't know that about anyone else. List, I like, I'm playing him. Stuart Sink, I like, I'm playing him. And I'm playing Charles Schwartzel at $8,200 as well. A really great ball striking week at Barbasol. Again, that's against a glorified Corn Ferry Tour event in field. But played really well here last year. Been playing really good golf about a month ago. Maybe he's recaptured something. So I'm going to go to him. And it doesn't feel like a lot of people will be. And I'm still pumping the tires on Herbert. So in this range, it's going to be List, Sink, and Schwartzel. And then you got Herbert in there. And we didn't even bring up Ricky. But I'm just going to pass on Ricky. No thanks on Ricky for me, even though there are some good leverage leverage with, you know, it doesn't look like a lot of people are going to Ricky. I talked about this with you on, um, we talked about Ricky a little bit at the Rocket Mortgage, and I feel the same way with Ricky. If you look at Ricky's statistical profile, the only thing that Ricky has been consistently doing well is he's just turned into a short game wizard. And that's why you see his best results come at places where greens are difficult to hit and just harder courses in general, like the Memorial uh, or the PGA Championship at Kiowa. I don't see the ball striking chops right now to keep up with some of these guys in a birdie fest. His irons just haven't been good enough consistently um, for me to go there with Ricky. So yeah, I'm with you uh, in that range as well. I would agree. All right. So we're on the same page, which means we're all going to lose all of our money. This <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> Reminder to everyone out there as well, in case you missed it off the top for whatever reason, you hit that like go forward 30 button rate review and subscribe with your Twitter handle or email address to fantasy football picks or bets on Mayo media network. I put the link in the description. You just click that button. You leave your review. You hit the subscribe button. We get those downloads. We get those reviews. You're in a draw for some cash. Andy, do you want cash? Is that something that you would do? I would love some cash, man. I would love some cash. Do you have an iPhone? I do. Then you can go do this right now. So you go do this right now as I list off the next few guys. Let's take a break so I can welcome you to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. I was scoping around on DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved big money there. And I tell you what I saw, I almost couldn't believe They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, that's completely up to you. Some people save 80%. 
Some people save 90. Some people save up to 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, to see how much you can save. DealDash, where deals come true. 7K range. See, there's one review right there. And you're in the draw, too. Maybe you'll win. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Kirk is 79. Gim is 79. Leviota is 79. I mean, I like all three of those guys. This isn't going to work out well for me. Uh, Leviota and Gim, obviously over Kirk. I bet both those guys as well. But I think there's a very compelling case for all of them. Fortunately for me, I don't love anyone else until we get down to Vegas and Merritt at $7,500. So if those those guys are the bookends for me, is there anyone in that middle section you like? Well, you talked about Lanto, but Lord knows where he's at right now. Yeah, I like Lanto, man. I like why not Lanto at 8%. I mean, I always play this guy. He keeps making cuts and it's ball striking too. Um, you know, he is the only player in the top 10 in proximity from 175 to 200 and 200 yards plus over his last 36 rounds. That is where close to 50% of the approach shots come from at TPC Twin Cities. Um, you know, I think that I'm with you on Gim as well. Lanto and Gim have actually been two of the best mid to long iron players in this field. Lanto gains in easy scoring conditions. He's good on birdie fast, really good bent grass putter, just finished 33rd at the British open uh, as well. So I like uh, Lanto as kind of a pivot play off some of the more um, highly owned guys like a Lebiota. And I think Gim is going to garner some ownership, but I don't care about that with Gim. I, I can get very different as we go lower. I like Gim a lot for the same reason I like Keegan, for the same reason I like Grio. I bet him as well. I'm with you. He gained 7.7 strokes on approach at the John Deere. That's his best iron week he's ever had, and he's a good iron player. Um, number one in proximity from 175 to 200. First in greens and regulation game. The off the tee stuff is getting better as well. So I'm with you on Gim 100%. And then as we go a little bit lower, just to transition into some of these lower guys, yes on Vegas. And then I think there's some interesting guys in the low sevens that we can talk about too. Are you in on Heggy? Um, Haggy's fine, man. I, I Stallings was the guy that I, that I went to. Like, I like Stallings at 2%. Like I bet Scott Stallings to win at 150 to one. I don't understand some of this stuff, Pat, like Scott Stallings was 7,500 in his last start at the John Deere and double digits ownership. He makes the cut. He's fine. He hits the ball. Well, loses a couple strokes putting, and now he's cheaper and 2% at double the odds. Like, if you liked Scott Stallings at the John Deere, you like him here. Now he's 2% owned compared to 12% owned, and he's 150 to 1 to win this tournament. What changed? He lost a couple strokes putting. The ball striking remained solid. So I think you're getting a huge break on Scott Stallings. I like him a lot at 7,200. Haggy's fine too, as well. Bo Hogue, any interest in Bo Hogue? Yeah. Chez again? Yeah. Well, I mean, Chez, obviously. I play Chez every week and every. 10th tournament it works out it just worked out at John Deere until like the final few holes when he absolutely imploded but still he paid off his price for me I know I have Hogue highlighted as well I think that anyone that looks at the Barbasol stats from last week are going to just be like oh yeah and, and we're back on and now we're on Bentgrass where he tends to put a little bit better historically and yeah he's just cheap and there's not a lot of cheap guys in this field where you look at it and are like oh no I need to play that guy like the highest rated one I have from down here is Bramlett but like I don't want to play Bramlett every time I play Bramlett he's so bad like so bad. I'm playing Bramlett. I I'm playing Bramlett. He rate. I, I bet we're looking at a lot of the same things, Pat, because he rated out really highly for me as well. He gained in all four major categories at the Barbasol. The putting finally turned around a bit. He is a terrible putter, Pat. Um, <laughs> but the ball striking is awesome. And, you know, I use this kind of logic a little bit with Stallings as well, but you look at someone like Bramlett and his best finish of the season was at the Byron Nelson on another wide open, relatively easy TPC course with bent grass greens where birdies are just really the currency. I think Bramlett can putt, uh, can play well here. Oh, <laughs> Freudian slip there. I don't know if, if Bramlett can putt, um, but I think this is a good course for Bramlett on paper and you just kind of hold your nose and hope for the best. 
Yeah, how many people are going to play Sam Ryder after he gained 11.1 strokes on approach last week? I'm going to say this. That might be an outlier. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's fair. This happens all the time. Um, I think a couple weeks ago, like Sepp Straka, or I can't remember who it was, lights it up for one week. Um, with the ball striking, you look at that rolling report and see the T to green stats in the last four rounds and they just shoot up, proceed with caution, always with those guys. Sometimes it's generally more of an outlier than it is the start of a trend. So I'm with you on Ryder, probably no Ryder for me, but you know, he's fine. It's just, I'm going to play Bramlett and I'm going to play Stallings and I'm going to play Hogue. So I'm going to play Kyle. After all the discussion about Kyle Stanley, I am playing Kyle Stanley. He's too cheap. (laughs) Yeah, I'll play Stanley too. Pat, I'm with you, man. I can't, I know we look at a lot of this the same way. When these guys just pop off so consistently well with the ball striking stuff, it is very, very difficult. It takes a lot of self-control for me not to try and get on them on the good putting week. Like it's very, very hard for me to just give up. Can I interest you in Ryan armor at all? Yeah, I had him highlighted. He finished, he played really well at the Barbasol as well. Correct. I think he finished fifth at the Barbasol. He did, but he was playing a little bit better before that too. Like he missed the cut at John Deere, but gained two and a half strokes on approach. He missed the cut at rocket mortgage and gained two and a half strokes on approach. He has putted, really really badly and i mean that's going to come that's going to go he has spike putting weeks we've seen that like he came eighth at palmetto and gained six strokes putting much better than losing three and three and two rounds at two separate events so you're going to be kind of hot and cold with the putter but it seems like the irons are fine for him he's a shorter hitter but he's very safe off the tee hits a ton of fairways he's kind of like a better iron brendan todd right now who can't putt Yes. Um, armor is the only thing that I haven't found myself going a ton to armors because there's a lot of guys at like six, nine and six, eight that I really like, but yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. He's now gained on approach in three consecutive starts. Um, he finished eighth at the Palmetto two and fifth, at the Barbasol. So he is popping up a little bit. I have no issue with armor whatsoever. I think that is a very sound play and it doesn't look like if you want to, find some savings there in terms of like ownership doesn't seem like he's going to be a very popular player despite playing very well at the Barbasol last week we move forward 12 months and now no one wants to use Eric Van Royen anymore can will you use Eric Van Royen I will not Pat I I tried I looked at him a little bit I think he's missed five of his last six cuts he I don't know what happened with the irons I don't know if they were ever good to be completely honest with you but they're certainly not good now uh there is the water narrative with Eric Van Royen where which I think there is some weight to where he just seems very prone to these big numbers here I think he's a talented guy um I think he probably has some upside uh but I just I can't get there I think I'd maybe rather play Cameron Champ Champ is interested so there's two gut guys for me down here that just I think they they can play well I have no real reason behind it but Hadwin has played well here before and he shows up like once every 18 weeks with a decent performance. If he can just find his irons, I think he would be okay. I don't know if I can get to him. And Tom Lewis is the other one who does sort of the opposite of what you would want at this course. Like he's a really inconsistent iron player, but he drives the ball so well, but he seems to make birdies and bunches at the same time. Like he can get really hot with the putter uh, and then get really cold. He's like, like the Morikawa that we kind of talked about. Like you have these spike performances at the high end. Wolf is actually very much like that with his putter too. Like he'll be really bad. Then he'll be really good. Tom Lewis is in that bucket of a minus five or a plus five on the greens. I just don't, I think I just like Tom Lewis and that's why I'm drawn to him. I like, like Adam Hadwin, he's been very good to me in the past. He's no longer that player anymore. But there are two guys who I think are talented. And talented in a different way than someone like Cameron Champ. When I look at the rest of the guys down here, like, yeah, Armour and Bramlett and Sam Ryder, like, I feel like those guys are better than the group I just named. I think you're right. I feel that same way about Russell Knox at 6.9 because I just... I think he's really good. I get enticed very much by the iron stats, but yeah, you're right with Tom Lewis. I I mean, he is, he putted really well last week at the Barbasol. Um, Terrible around the greens. Who cares about that? Um, Off the tee, he's been 
there for like the entire season. I think he's gained off the tee in every single start this entire season. And now the irons are starting to come around as well. I think you've highlighted some good players, especially if you're going to eat some of the chalk with a Lebiota, who I know we didn't talk about a ton. We like um, him. I don't know. Uh, what, what, what more is yeah. there to say than we like him this week? Sure, exactly. So point being, with some of these guys once, and I know we'll get into the six soon too, like with some of these guys in the low sevens and the sixes, I think there are a lot of appealing options where you can differentiate if you want to eat some of the chalk at the high sevens and the eights and the nines. Let's talk sixes because Duffner is staring at me. Is there any chance that he could make putts this week? Because I'm going to say no. Ah, yeah, I Duffner with, man, I was looking at him too. I think he's playable here. Like, uh, Jason Duffner, number one in opportunities gained over his last 36 rounds. Jason Duffner, 18th at the John Deere, 26th at the Barbasol. The uh, the ball striking is just straight up back for Duff Daddy. He's gained off the tee in three straight. He's gained over a stroke and a half on approach in three straight. The putting's been bad, but it's getting better. I think you can play him here. He falls into that same bucket with, I already mentioned Knox, Neesmith is another guy who's just absolutely electric with the irons and the shine is completely off Matthew Neesmith. Um, but the irons are still there. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys, man, Roger Sloan, all these guys. So I'm going to play a little bit of Duffner. I think at 6,600, he is maybe the lowest. Oh, Kadira 65. Yeah. Kadira 65. You're on, you're on my show. You have to recommend Kadira. That's what we do. Kadira is underpriced and I'm not even like, I'm not even a giant Kadira guy, but the irons came right back for him at the Barbasol. He gained 5.8 um, on approach and three strokes off the tee as well. That is his best off the tee week, Pat of his entire career. Um, he just lost strokes putting. So I'm a sucker for those guys. Um, I think maybe he's found something with the driver iron 6,500. He's just underpriced in my opinion yeah but the issue is with these low six thousand dollar guys is there even a need to play them if we're not spending all the way up like these are guys that you would need to have if you had dusted in your lineup yeah good point i you know <laughs> i haven't plugged kadira into a lot of lineups yet i'm generally okay leaving money on the table especially in an event like this I have to see how the build works out. You're right. Like a lot of these guys that I liked, like I liked Brown, Scott Brown a little bit and Keith Mitchell a little bit too. Like you may just need to get there, but you know, like if we're talking about the difference between Joseph Bramlett and some of these guys in the high sixes, I think a lot of them are interchangeable too. So it just kind of depends where you want to go. I'm always a sucker for Seifert. He's $6,400. Michael Gellerman actually rates out pretty well for being $6,100. Like, of all of, like, the absolute scrub players in this field, it feels like he is the best one. Him and Wes Roach, who rates out really well, too. But Oh, man. Wes Roach just makes a ton of cuts. Yeah, I I haven't even gone down that low to the lows uh, to 6,100. I, I saw Grayson Murray was... <laughs> the men this week yeah i i, I about, think we touched how, on how it, about man. The, how about this 4.1 strokes gained at palmetto 5.6 at rocket mortgage 4.6 at john deere and 3.5 on approach despite missing the cut last week at the barbasol that was michael gellerman and he's mainly losing a lot of his strokes around the green and putting that's but, but a lot around the green that's that's my type of guy pat that's perfect so I, you may have sold me on Gellerman. I will now put some Gellerman in there at 6,100 and probably have a few lineups where I leave like $1,200 on the table just to get some Geller, Gellerman exposure. I love it. Yeah, but you don't even need to do that, though, because at $6,100, now all of a sudden you can play Wolf and Sergio and Sink and basically you can play like five guys. Yeah, <laughs> like you can just stack your lineup with all of the top guys and just have him in as your fifth. And that's your roll of the dice. You don't even worry about the lower $7,000 range. Like, I think that's the way that you would get him into a lineup this week. So I don't mind him. He might end up being like a first round leader, but I am looking at Wes Roach though. Should I be looking at John Pack or did I just overrate the fact that he is actually not good? Ah, uh, I don't know what these guys, I, I mentioned Eckerd earlier. I know that he's in the field this week again. I'm comfortable. And another guy we didn't talk about is Mito Pereira. I'm okay waiting. I, I really am okay with it. I mean, if they, 
if they go nuclear and I miss it and I'm a little bit late to the party, I'm okay with some of these guys. I just don't know, Pat. I rely a lot on the numbers. I rely a lot on the data. And there's very rarely a situation where I will I'll not play somebody because I just don't have enough data on them and I'm really, really kicking myself. I just want to see a little bit of a bigger sample size with these guys. So I'm kind of fine just waiting on pack. I tried it out with Ekrot and being like, I'm ahead of the market on Ekrot. You guys don't understand this Ekrot thing. Guys don't know how to price Ekrot. He's a stud. Not everyone is like some of these guys like Matt Wolf and Hovland and Morikawa that can just do it on day one. There's still, I do still believe that there is a learning curve on the PGA tour. Wes Roach hasn't missed a cut in 2021. He's seven for seven. Yeah. Wes Roach. I, I mean, <laughs> what else is there to say? I'm cool with Wes Roach. Um, he, I don't have a ton on West Roach other than you're right. Just plug him in there. I don't believe in the idea of a free space by any means, but he continues to make cuts. It was kind of the Vince Whaley thing that we saw a little bit for a while before everyone caught on with Vince Whaley. West Roach might just be the next Vince Whaley, and we're maybe bringing some attention to him, but you still don't hear about him at all. Oh, there we go. James Ashfield, 250 to one first round leader over in, over in uh over in wales that's a play i'm gonna i'm gonna do the bets on this show because the show was coming out on a wednesday because i had to push it today let's make a play the play is lineup though okay you ready for this where are we starting because this i don't think this is going to be necessarily reflective of what i want to do this week because like i said i'm starting with wolf and sergio probably not the best idea for a play the play is safe lineup now is it no, I can I tell and I know we didn't talk about him a ton on this show, but I think you got to start with Vegas. I think he's really underpriced. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I covered Vegas enough in yesterday's show where he was my first click to bet to win. Yeah, Vegas is a tremendous play at $7,500. So Vegas, is Tringali actually the safe play from up here at his price point? Yes, and Lebiota too. All right, so just put in the chalkiest guys of the week, the all chalk lineup. Now we're good to go. We got Vegas, Tringali, and Leviota. Now we're now we're cooking with gas. Do we want to put Stanley in there? Oh man. What about Gim? Do you trust Stanley more than Gim? Gim's better at putting than Stanley, objectively. The ball striking is more consistent with Stanley, though, at the same time. I think Gim is a better player. I think Gim has a better chance of winning, but he also, I think his miscut equity is a lot higher. Sure. Uh, what about Shank? We didn't talk about Adam Shank. A lot of people like Adam Shank this week. He feels pretty safe. Really? Does Adam Shank ever feel safe? <laughs> He's gaining on approach a ton. The ball striking has been very good. He can get a little bit hotter with the uh, putter than some of these other guys that we've talked about. I think, how much money are we playing with here? Well, we are we th- looking for lower sevens or can we go higher? We, I mean, we have 8,400 left for, for three players here. So like, I think determining who we want at the high end is going to be the tricky part. Like, do we want to take Finau? Is Finau the safest of the top guys? Yeah, I th- maybe. I think so. I mean, he's he's playing a little bit better now, obviously the Finau thing, like it, it goes very quickly with the Finau guys, like a 15th at uh, the British open is all anyone needs to get that Finau ownership right up there. Again, I think Finau is fine. I think he is pretty safe. I like the idea of using Finau if we have the money, because I think we can do some stuff in the low sevens and still be fine. So we could do Finau or we could do like Grio and Tringali. And just have two 9K guys lead off our team. Can we do Finau, Tringali, Lebiota, and Vegas? Finau, Tringali, Lebiota, Vegas. We'd have $7,200 left for two players. Okay. Okay. So it's doable. Um, but is that, I mean, realistically, if we're just looking for like, I, I'm curious to you see. You can throw who- Bo Hogan there at 71 and Skyle Stanley in there at 73 and we're good. I don't know how good we are with that lineup. (laughs) That works. Is that really the best plays, though? Because now, if we change the story a little bit, we have Vegas, Tringali, and Lee Let's say we put in Grio, who is 
relatively safe, I would say, with the type of game that he has. Now we have 7,900 left, and you can go to the very top of that even again. I guess there's no one really in the mid-8s that I would like be like, oh, man, the, I, I see Matt McNeely is going to carry like 20% ownership. Like That doesn't feel safe to me. <laughs> no, we could play Stuart Sink, Pat. Is is Sink, like, do you consider Sink and Keegan to be safe players? Uh, no, I mean, they make a lot of cuts. Both of them do make a lot of cuts. Like, McIntyre um, has missed one cut in this season. Yeah. I, Bobby Mack, I, safe, play the best play lineups. I don't know. He's played in, I like Bobby Mack at like majors when he's like, in the low sevens, if you want to deploy him at the majors, but he's only played in four regular PGA tour events. Um, and he's gone 61st, 36 missed cut 59th. So I would probably feel more comfortable going to Keegan or sink. All right. So we can put both those guys and we could go Keegan sink. And now we have $7,600 left. Hmm. That leaves us Troy with Ma- Troy Merritt. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to use all of the money. Like we have Shez there, yeah. uh, your boy Stanley. That's going to be there as well. We could play Stanley at seventy three. I like that. So, I like Kyle Stanley. The fact that Kyle Stanley has continues to make all of these putts by losing seven strokes putting. Like, how much worse can it get? Yeah. He's still making the cut. So that leaves us with Tringali, Keegan. Sink, Libiota, Vegas, and Stanley as the play the best plays lineup. I think that is doing an injustice to the name of the play the best plays lineup. <laughs> yeah, but that's like kind of the fun of it is it's like a lot of these guys make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons that we can talk about statistically. Um, but you know, we'll have to see what happens. It's it's golf, you know. We we it's very, very, very this could backfire in our faces, but I think the guys that we landed on, you can at least make an inspired case for all of them. If things blow up, they have not released a first round leader betting market yet for the three M, but that's where I was going to go with Gellerman uh, in that spot. Cause he'd probably be like 250 to one. The only, uh, I'm just going to run through my bets here for both the three M and the Wales opener, the kazoo opener, whatever the hell they're calling that. Check out the European tour picks and bet show, by the way, sky and Tom got me onto a few people. I was on with someone objectively anyway. So, and, and they agreed. So, you know, having confirmation bias is always what you need uh, when you're betting on things. Cause you know, no one's ever wrong. So that's going to work out really well for me. So I'm curious to know who you have in this spot as well, but I went with Sergio and Wolf at 33 and 35 to one as an outright bet. I have Luke List at 55 to 1 with an each way to the top five. Hank Lebiota, 50 to 1 with an each way to the top five. Jonathan Vegas, 70 to 1 with a t- with an each way to the top five. And the other one was Doug Gim, 60 to 1 with a top five each way. And then over in Europe, I played Jack Sr., 90 to 1 with the top five each way. And this other guy who Sky sold me on, the Welsh amateur who is 1,500 to 1. James Ashfield, and I also bet him first round leader within each way, both each ways, uh, at 250 to 1. So that just might be my betting card this weekend. Hope for luck. I like it. I'm actually with you on a couple of those guys. So I went I went Bubba at 40, pre-curse. Um, yikes. And Grio at 40 as well. And then I have Vegas at 70, Gim at 66, Keegan at 50 and Scott Stallings at 150 to one. I, uh, I like the top 40 market as well, Pat. That's a market that I've had a lot of success on. So I haven't really figured out where I'm going to go, but check back later in the week for my betting card. I will post it on Twitter. No Euro for me. I like the suns tonight. Plus five though. Yeah, but this show's not going to be out by that. Oh, it won't. No. Oh, good point. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> Killing me. You're pulling up. You've just been spending way too much time with Feinberg. I do spend a lot of time with Feinberg. You, you, you raise a really good point, but I'm, I'm happy to continue to build this friendship with all Mayo members of Mayo media network, even though, um, 
Tim is the one that is probably going to raise the most eyeballs. Yeah, so I will have my final betting card in the newsletter. I'll post it on Twitter as well. The, the updated ownership that's going to come out on Wednesday evening. And I've really been digging the new prize picks format of finishing positions. A lot like the top 40 bets that you were talking about. Like, here's the finishing position. Do you think they're going to be over or under that? You play two of them together. Uh, you can pick two overs, two unders, whatever you want, uh, and then get paid out like a multiplier on that. So I think that's really intriguing, especially for places that don't have legalized sports betting yet, because you can go on to prize picks and you can use our code MMN and get a match deposit as well. But the link is down in the description. Just click through that and you'll get your deposit right away with the match up to a hundred bucks. And you can just kind of throw down on these like weird props that are like the top 20 market, like the top 50 market, whatever it might be. If there's two or three guys that you really like this week that maybe you're able to catch them sleeping and be able to like basically parlay those together for a huge multiplier. So be on the lookout for that, Andy. I will. I will absolutely be on the lookout for that. I've heard a lot of good things about prize picks. I'm really excited to get into it, especially with football season right around the corner. Did you see right before we went live Cam Akers tore his ACL? Oh, I did. So you didn't see me tweet out. Uh, so Cust recently traded for Cam Akers uh, <laughs> as the key piece of his keeper league team. And he was he had a note to come onto the show for favorite bets of the year. He said that Cam Akers was going to have over 2,000 total yards. Then this happened. Fantastic. Great news for Bubba Watson this week. Well, Daryl Henderson stock to the moon. So that stinks to see. I liked Cam Akers a lot. I catch a couple, I caught a couple of your fantasy football shows as well that you do with Jake. And I know you were pretty high on him as well. So that's a huge bummer to see, man. Yeah. I'm uh, not so high on Cam Akers for this upcoming season anymore. So that's just where we're going to have to be on that one. Andy Lack, tell everyone where they can find you and what you are up to this week. Thanks, Pat. So I just released a, another podcast with our friend Eric Patterson from The Score that is out right now. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sports, And I will be releasing more podcasts next week. I think that's probably about it. All right. Uh, you can find me at the PME on Twitter, obviously. Subscribe to that newsletter for all of the final picks, plays, and ownership guesses and weather for the week at the 3M Open. Plus, uh, you know, always hidden content in there. You might get the Olympics preview show early if you're subbed to that newsletter. Who knows what you might find in there uh, if you end up just joining for free, which you can do. And also rate, review, and subscribe Fantasy Football Picks and Beckett to get in that giveaway. That is all in the description. Listeners League link, smash the like, sub to the channel, all that fun stuff as well. Please help us out over here all right thank you all for watching i'll see you next time experience experience